Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Sunday, July 24th. We're coming to you a couple hours later than normal. Um, Richie had to work on a Sunday, and I'm sitting at the beach. So cheers to me, and uh, sorry, Richie, that for that uh, Sunday was a little bit tougher for you than it normally is. But uh, we're here now. We're going to talk a little FSU football, get into some things here today. But, Richie, how's your weekend been outside of having to go into work today? Uh, it's, it's been solid, man. I, I got to go out to go play golf at a new course yesterday in uh, Point Siena, Florida, Osceola County. Shout out. Uh, had a blast. By the time I got home, it was time to take a shower, eat, and go to bed. Been up since 3 o'clock. Uh, entire company had a system go live this morning at 6 a.m., and I've been home for less than an hour. So I'm just here to give the listeners what they want. Just getting after it this morning. So, well, I uh, and in between riding already. Yeah, in between riding jet skis and hanging out by the pool on the beach, like I snuck away to do this. So it is okay. I know you, you know, this is not a sob story, but it is tough to do. Like I've got three screens at home, and right now I'm just off in another room at the beach. Like I, I'm not even looking at you right now because I'm trying to share this in different places. And I don't Poor have TJ, the, I don't have the outline in front of me and anything. So yeah, it is tough. Hey, if you're listening to us right now, not a lot of people in here live. That means you're listening on replay or you're watching on replay. Hit the subscribe button. Turn on the notifications. That way you get an alert the next time that we go live and you don't miss it. Um, We've been doing a ton of content here on the YouTube channel. Uh, If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify the next day, go to our YouTube. It's youtube.com slash C slash double fries, no slaw. Or you can just go to YouTube and search Double Fries No Slaw. It'll come up. Smash that subscribe button. We really, really do appreciate it. The goal is 1,000 by season. And we're getting close. We're, we're well up over yeah. 700, getting close to 800. Um, if if we, in the next 28 days, if we did what we did the last 28 days, we'll get there. So help us out. Hit that subscribe button and let's get after it. Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. I stopped by Guthrie's yesterday. Got a gut box. Actually got a couple of them. Double Fries No Slaw, of course. Got a kid's box so the kids could split one. Um, always a good time. Visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. I went to the Tennessee Street one because it was what's closest to campus and uh, wanted to uh, take the kids by the Osceola statue. But they love their chicken tenders, and we love Guthrie's and appreciate them for their support. And, uh, yeah, season, you know, kids are starting to get back on campus in the next couple of weeks. So when you get back on campus, kids, go go hit your gut boxes. Um also, I feel like that gut box is really going to slap after that 5 p.m. after that win against Duquesne. So, 5 p.m. game be over by like 8 8:30. That's a perfect time for a gut box right before you go out for the night. So, all about that. Okay, speaking of getting back to campus, uh, not only are students getting back soon, the team uh, reports on Tuesday and then camp starts on Wednesday. Richie, what stands out to you the most? This is an earlier camp. Again, we got the Week Zero game against Duquesne, so it's earlier than I think it's ever been. Um. Pros and cons to that, but I do like it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's an extra week of practice throughout the year. Um, certainly not going to complain about that. But starting camp before anybody else does, what uh, what stands out to you about camp being this week and upcoming? Yeah, just really looking forward to it. It's it's the unofficial start to a new year of college sports, right? And we wait for this all the time. It used to be EA Sports NCAA was like the unofficial start to the season. Yeah. Uh, we get that back next year, so shout out that. And go again, subscribe to YouTube, and you'll see TJ playing all these games at like you know 3 a.m. and his wife's waiting for him to come back to bed. But he's dedicated, so we appreciate it. But yeah, I'm super excited. Some of the things I'm looking forward to is you know QB2. 
right? For the first time since 2017 with DeAndre Francois, we know who the starting quarterback is heading into fall Mm -hmm. camp. Jordan Travis, it's his job. He could have a terrible camp and still be the first uh, or still be QB one. I do not expect him to have a terrible camp. I I think we've seen a lot of progress from him. Um, But the newcomers to me is, is the headline, right? What are these newcomers, these transfers going to do, whether it be a Micah Pittman returning punts at receiver, whether it be a Tata Bethune, Jared Verse, how is he going to replace Jermaine Johnson? There's a lot of storylines. And for me, it's all about the newcomers. Yeah, I'm also really, really intrigued to see one newcomer that you didn't mention, but how much Winston Wright participates. We talked a lot on FSU Spaces on uh, whatever day we did on Friday with uh, Newberg was in there about wide receivers and that wide receiver position. And, you know, I think we all kind of assumed that uh, Winston would be Florida State's number one this year, and he very sh- still, very surely still may be. Um, but it might be tougher, you know, having missed the spring, uh, having if he misses any of fall camp, it'll be even tougher. But um, I want to see how much he is able to kind of get out there and how much he's practicing and how much he's able to push it. That's going to be a real big indicator for what he looks like in the in the season, right? Can he get some burn against Duquesne? Can he get in against LSU? Can he have that burn against Duquesne so that uh, he can get out there and be productive uh, against LSU, right? If LSU's really some of his first action, I don't know how much you're really depending on him. And so um, that's going to be a really big one to me. Um, How the offensive line gels together, um, who you see taking the majority of snaps at centers um, or at center, if it is in fact the the transfer Lyles or – or which direction they go there. I think that could be really, really big. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, for the most part, I think we know the team that we have. I think everybody feels like it's going to be Benson at, at RB1 uh, going into camp, see if anything changes there or if anybody kind of takes him over between Toll Philly and Treshawn. I'm hearing some, you know, we, we talked about the wide receivers. I'm hearing some, you know, and I, and I feel like Berg is right, right? Like we've got a room full of guys that are like three or fours. I don't know how many the you know ones or twos, but somebody's going to step up and be the number one wide receiver this year, and we'll kind of see who that is. I'm hearing a lot of positive things about Ja'Kai Douglas. Works really, really hard, made some huge splash plays. Everybody remembers fourth and 14, but if Ja'Kai doesn't make that catch going down the sideline on, I believe, a third and long uh, pass from Jordan Travis on that last drive against Miami, I don't know that fourth and 14 ever even happens. Also caught a, a huge touchdown against Notre Dame. Um, so I've heard some positive things about Ja'Kai. The wide receiver room is absolutely loaded, though, with guys that all have similar talents. So I, I don't know that he's going to, like, jump ahead of, you know, five people or whatever. But I, I think that that's uh, another one that's really, really exciting to see. Talk about special teams, you know, as something that, you know, kind of stands out and who can catch a punt this year? <laughs> you mentioned Pittman. Uh, can anybody, you know, stop losing yardage on the punts that go back 15 yards after hitting the ground? So, yeah, a lot to look forward to, a lot to watch. The guys will go to Jacksonville. The guys on the beat, um, you know, that that we always comment on and always kind of commend uh, Sinone and, and those guys. Knee do a great job covering, and and, and more than just them. I was t- talking with Ben at, at Tomahawk Nation. They do a really good job, and uh, – cover the team. So excited to kind of read their reports, see what's said. There's a lot of coach speak that happens after this stuff. And so, you know, I don't know that you find anything super definitive, but uh, it's an exciting time. Um, You know, I think you really, really, like you said, it's the start of not only football season, but it's the start of FSU athletics in general, right? Like all of it's coming back. uh, And so it's really, really exciting and always a good time. 
Speaking of really, really exciting, Seminole Showcase this weekend. Are you familiar with like this event? Like what's going on? Like talk about like, you know, Norvell's, you know, big on this and, and he did it with the spring game and also doing it here with the Seminole Showcase being the same weekend as fall camp starting. Again, some of that due to the, the week being uh, fall camp starting a week earlier than normal, but Seminole Showcase. Um, Zach Blostein's put together a pretty good list over at Knowles 247. I'm not going to run down his whole list and steal all his cred, but um, some really big names coming in and a lot of excitement around campus this weekend with some recruits that are coming into town. Anybody you're keeping your eye on or anybody you're really excited about that is coming to town? I mean, Haikyuu Williams shows up. That, that's big, right? That, that, I think that's the name that we're all looking forward to. And every coach has this, right? Um, you know, Jimbo Fisher had the Seminole Showtime where he brought back a ton of old players his first time out. You know, Willie Taggart had Saturday Night Live when he had seemingly every number one player at their position across the entire country at his first one. And Seminole Showcase is going to be Mike Norvell's one. So, so again, not uncommon. I love the fact that you parlay it with the start of fall camp, right? Because these players are going to get to go to practice and see firsthand, hey, if I come here, this is what I'm signing up for next year. So, so that's really exciting. A lot of big names coming. Um, again, like TJ said, we refer you to 247 when it comes to the, the nitty-gritty of recruiting because we're not going to dive deep into that. We're not going to talk about you know the, the three-star who is fighting for an offer that's showing up at camp. We'll, we'll definitely highlight the big names. But yeah, Ikeem Williams is the big one for me, man, because Florida State, and I love this, Mike Norvell's showing it. You know, Billy Napier claims scared money don't make money, right? Mike Norvell's putting it in action. He's going up against a lot of big camps, Texas A&M, Alabama, Georgia. I believe all have camps this week. I think Florida's is is this weekend, too. They do Friday Night Lights on Friday, too, so I think theirs is as well. So you you have Mike Norell saying, hey, I don't care. And honestly, the, the visit list isn't as important as who shows up because it shows you who's serious about your program. And I think it's the ultimate litmus test, right? So uh, I think it's a great opportunity for Mike Norvell and the staff to say, hey, who shows up? It, say Hakeem Williams doesn't show up. He goes to Texas A&M. I'm not saying you you end that recruitment, but you probably start looking at plan B, C, and D at that point, because if he doesn't show up to this camp, how much in it is he? And I saw he was wearing Florida State gloves at another camp this weekend, and that's exciting. But yeah, I think it's all about who shows up, right? It lets you know, you know, every recruit has their leaders, right? Their top three, top five. Well, where they show up this weekend really, really matters. And that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, no doubt about it. I like that there's a good mix of um, current commits and future prospects. Um, both offensive linemen are coming, Simmons and Kearney. Um, both Falk and Sampson are coming on the defensive line. Um, a target we'll talk about here in just a minute, Blake Nicholson, a linebacker that We'll preview here in just a moment is coming as well. So there's some really good stuff coming. And then you mentioned Hakeem, uh, tight end Jaden Michael is coming, which which would be huge. Obviously, we've talked about the tight end room and, and recruiting that position. And so, yeah, and then, you know, a whole host of 2024 guys, but we, we barely do the, the class we're on. So we're not we're not <laughs> doing too much on the on the next year's class. So, again, the guys at Knowles 247 do a great, great job. You can go follow them, Zach and, and, and Brendan and Chris and Dan and all those guys. And they, they've got the list kind of run down. And so you can see that there at Knowles247.com. Okay, Blake Nicholson, um, a linebacker that kind of going head-to-head um, against Oregon on this. Um, he's gotten some crystal balls. He's gotten some projections and predictions to go to Florida State. 
Um, we, we spoke about him, I believe, a little bit last week. I think we talked more about Brock Lynn last week, which still feel really good there. I and mean, we won't go super deep into the Brock Lynn news unless you have anything new or any, any thoughts there. But uh, Blake, uh, Blake Nicholson, linebacker, four-star from the West Coast. Um, it seems like you're kind of going head-to-head with, uh, with Oregon again. Um, spoke with Newberg on spaces. He feels really, really confident that they end up landing Nicholson and that he's been in, out of the game just a little bit. But, um, man, this would be massive if Florida State could end the month with not only this huge visit weekend, you've got Hakeem and, and, and guys coming in that you're still targeting. You've got current commits coming in, and you've got a lot of positivity through July uh, in recruiting and momentum there. If they could land Nicholson and Glenn, I think that does wonders for the class because quarterback, I mean, we all know how important quarterback is. And then linebacker has been a very big struggle for, for us to land. This would be a notch in, in Randy Shannon's belt. You know, he's new-ish on the job, only been there a few months at, in the linebacker position. Um, so, you know, I, I think I probably – I don't have Randy Shannon like the bottom of the list when it comes to recruiters or position coaches – Right now, that you know, I know we kind of talk about the same guys over and over that aren't really carrying their weight. I don't really have Randy there because he's so new in that position. Uh, but this would be a big, big pickup if Florida State could pick up Blake Nicholson, four-star linebacker uh, prospect. Again, going head-to-head with Florida State and Oregon. There, thoughts around that recruitment? Yeah, like you mentioned, it's funny. It seems to be coming down to Mike Norvell and his coaching tree, right? Uh, obviously, Dilly out in. Uh, Oregon and uh, the head coach, the name that skips my mind right now, Dan Lanning. Dan yeah. Lanning, yeah, another Norville disciple. So it's exciting. I, I did see, and I'll have to do some more research. You know, shame on me for not um, knowing this before here. But you know, hey guys, I've been at work since five a.m. So give me a break. But I believe his family is moving from California to Florida. Uh, which, if that's what I saw and it's accurate, that's a huge deal. Because the fact that he was taking a multi-day unofficial visit, that means he's or his family is paying their own way to come to Tallahassee from California. That, that's a big deal, right? You get an official visit. It's always nice, but you never know. Carlos Williams has told the story. He took an official visit to USC knowing, you know, dang well, he had, he had no intention of going there. He just wanted the free trip. Um, unofficial visits, it's up to the players and the parents to, to fund that trip. And for him to announce an unofficial multi-day before even coming for an official, I think that's a huge deal. And if his family is indeed moving back to Florida or moving across the coast to Florida, I think that's nothing but positive signs. Um, Sinone dropped the ball for for Blake and pretty exciting. Wilt Fong dropped the ball for Oregon. So I, I'm excited. Are we going to see Norvell not only shove landing and Dilly into a locker, we might see Sinone shove Wilt Fong into a locker, which would be a first, right? Yeah, be pretty pretty crazy. <laughs> Whiffong doesn't miss on a lot of them, um, <laughs> but there are a couple more predictions. Yeah, I mean, uh, it says seventy five percent Oregon, but I think that's just because of it's weird that there's two predictions. Those are months ago, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, but again, this back in June, new new information now. It'll be interesting to see if Whiffong uh, updates his. Are you putting one in for like? Do you do you like us to land both guys, both Glenn and Nicholson? I uh, let's not pretend I'm any sort of insider. No, no, you all. are, you are. But yeah, nobody um, like that. You are. I, I think you know, just stepping away, looking at it, you know, logically, Brock Glenn makes a ton of sense for Florida State, right? The depth chart is very favorable. There's that relationship with Norvell predating Florida State. 
Um, you know, Ohio State already has their QB1 committed. LSU, again, we talked about it last week. If he commits before the dead period ends, I, I feel very good. I'd put it like a seven on Florida State on the one to 10 meter. Um, when it comes to Blake, I don't know, man. I, I'd say a five just because he's still a West Coast kid. Again, his family may be moving back to Florida, but Oregon and Phil Knight, especially in the NIL era, I'm never going to count Nike money out of anything. So I'm a little less confident there, but I know true insiders are much more confident than I am. So the listeners can take that as they see. Yeah. I'll go slightly more confidence on, on uh, Blake than you. Like I won't call it 50 at like 50, 50, but I'll go like 60, 65. Like I'm not all the way up to 70, but I feel, I feel pretty, you know, more confident than not. Right. Like 35% is still, I mean, a third, you know, roughly a third, like it it could go either way, but I'll go slightly more confident there. Yeah, Glenn would be like eight out of ten. Like that, that'd be like eight or nine. Like I, I feel really, really good there. Especially think, if he commits before the dead period. Like yeah. it's, it, I, I might put it like a nine point five at that point. Yeah, and I think both those could happen this week. You know, yeah. so I, I don't have a super huge timeline. Um, but I, you know, Blake's could be while he's here on campus. Uh, Brock's could be anytime this week or before the end of the month. Hey, if you're watching, if you're listening, hit that share button, hit the subscribe button. If you're watching on replay and you missed us, hit the notifications button next to the subscribe button. If you have questions, if you have comments, you can hit the live chat as we are live right now. But do us a favor and share this. If you swipe down on the live chat, if you're on your mobile, and hit the share button, share this to your social media. We certainly would appreciate it. Also appreciate the good folks at Gramco. They've got a new water-soluble mix that you can go pick up right now. You can use code DFNS25. I like how I remember that code this time for the first time, Richie. DFNS25 at thegramco.com, all your Delta 8 needs, whether it's gummies, pre-rolls, uh, wake-and-bake coffee, whatever you need. I'm at the beach this morning. The wake-and-bake coffee was hitting. Go get you some Gramco, thegramco.com, uh, founded by FSU students. They're now alums. You must be 21 or older to order, but go get you some Gramco. Uh, Richie was throwing that water-soluble mix. Well, I won't. they won't put them on blast here on the show, but Richie, Richie was getting into some stuff. So No, uh, so I, I'll just say use it sparingly, right? You're going to get that thing. The scoop is going to seem like, you know, a quarter of the size of a dime, right? That's all you need. I threw it into some pasta sauce. It made a homemade Italian uh, pasta or the wife made it. I just said, hey, throw this in the sauce. Um, good stuff, man. Like you can definitely feel it. It's worth trying. Um, again, federally, federally legal in all states, uh, but still you know, be safe with it. Don't overdo it. Don't be like Newberg and just throw the whole container into whatever he's eating. Cause that's probably what he does. And that's a bad idea for 90% of us. Yeah. Uh, hashtag know your dose is their, uh, their big, big thing there. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about this. We won't stay on super long. We've been on for about 20 minutes now. Again, hit the share button. If you don't mind hit the thumbs up, hit that like button as well. Helps a ton with the algorithms and uh, we we're, tr- we're trying to grow. We're trying to continue to bring you guys good content or at least mediocre content. And hopefully you guys keep tuning in, but uh, ACC media days, or they call it ACC kickoff. Now it'll always be ACC media days to me. Uh, nothing super groundbreaking. You know, all the Florida state guys did carry themselves. Well, said the right things um, looked really sharp. Love, love the guys that went. If I could have added one more person, I might've sent Cooper, but you can only send three. Um, but I love what Cooper's done for this roster. I love what he's done for this team. Love that he broke the rock the other day after summer workouts ended. I really, really like Robert Cooper as a person. We actually actually chatted with him um, last week a little bit. And, uh, man, he's just a great kid and uh, has been all five years. He's been at Florida State. I remember when he committed. I remember chatting with him when he committed. And uh, I was just super happy for him. Trench Monster, I remember that. And, 
you know, it, it's been cool to watch him grow. And so really excited for him. But yeah, back to ACC kickoff. Thought the Florida State guys did great. I mean, a bunch of coach speak. I didn't think anything groundbreaking came out of that. Uh, but C- Commissioner Phillips, um, who, again, don't feel super bad for him. He gets paid a lot, a lot of money to get stand up there and defend the ACC. And I would trade, trade jobs with him in a, in, a, in a heartbeat. And I love what I do. But uh, to get his paycheck and and have to defend this crap conference like he has to, I mean, you know, there's, there's not a lot of sympathy with when you think about the money he's making. But uh sounded a little bit like a funeral, huh, Richie? What are your thoughts on uh, Commissioner Phillips, some of his some of the things he said and uh, the, the overall tone from ACC kickoff? Yeah, I mean, I, I was honestly extremely surprised and disappointed because we, we knew the USC-UCLA news broke about two weeks before the ACC kickoff, right? So he knew those questions were going to come, like what's next for the ACC? Uh, you know, the, all the questions came and he had no answers. Um, he, he made a comment about, you know, oh, these gated communities talking about the SEC and Big Ten. You know, he said, we're right there with them with everything, academics, athletics, just not the revenue piece. And kind of, kind of harped on it. And it's like, okay, well, what are we doing? And he kept going back um, and, uh, you know, shout out Jeff Cameron. I don't want to steal any, you know, thoughts and pass them off as my own, but it did sound like a coach who knew he was about to be fired. And he's like, well, look, we, we've raised the team GPA from a 2.6 to a 3.1, like just grasping for whatever straws he could possibly try and find. Um, and the second he mentioned academics, I knew we were in trouble because it's like, oh boy, that, that tells me. And it's his job, right? So he has to be the company man, code the company line, company line, and try and keep this together as long as he can. But but reading between the lines, it sounds to me he's very aware that the member institutions want out, right? The, the, at least the ones that matter, the the Carolina schools, you know, North Carolina, Duke, Virginia, Florida State, even Clemson, Miami. We all want out, right? And he knows that. And it's his job to try and somehow convince us to keep everything together. The problem is that grant of rights runs till 2036 and everyone says, Oh, just renegotiate with ESPN. Why in the world would ESPN give up the deal they have where they're paying all of us pennies on the dollar and they still get our broadcasting rights? Why would they just say, Hey, yeah, you know, we'll definitely pay you guys more because they know if the ACC does, you know, end up dissolving, most of those schools are going to end up in ESPN affiliated conferences anyway, mainly the SEC Granted, you risk losing some to the Big Ten to Fox, but ESPN in their mind, they probably see that as a net positive. Like, okay, we don't have to pay Wake Forest anymore. We're going to pay Florida State, Clemson, Miami more. It it was just a bad look. And to be fair, he was put in a no-win situation. Like, he he took the job at the worst possible time. And most people pegged him as the next Big Ten commissioner, and he didn't get it, unfortunately, for him. But yeah, he he definitely sounds like a man who – it's just not a good situation. He knows it. It's like, you know, he cheated on his wife. He's trying to go home and figure out how to tell her something. (laughs) There's no good way to say it, but you just try and dance around it until she finally calls you out. I don't know. Never cheat on the wife. Just saying me and TJ were very pro uh, marriage here, but uh, seriously though, he did not have any good answers. It, it was not very, it was very unsettling as a Florida state fan being a member of the ACC. It just amplified the fact that we need to get out of this conference and also amplified the fact that we don't really have a way out right now. Yeah. Uh, funny, funny comment here. Hey, Mike, I see in the chat. Always appreciate Mike tuning in. Uh, when he compared the ACC members to NIU, the whole room should have booed him out of the <laughs> building. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you, yeah. you, Richie hit the nail on the head. I don't, I don't have a ton to add there. Um, 
again, I don't necessarily envy him, but I kind of do because, you know, I'd, I'd go up there and defend this crap conference for the, the paycheck that he's getting. I'd probably yeah. do it for half of his You have to though, at so that like point. It, you know, I, it's hard to feel bad for somebody that's making a lot of money to just, you know, whatever, <laughs> to go up there and talk about that stuff. So, hey, I want to shout out Garner and Gold real quick while you guys are in here. The, uh, the Nike drop has happened. Um, they are – they have the polos. They have – I don't think the shoes have hit yet. I know the shoes are a big ticket item that people are really, really excited about. But we've got a code for you. If you go to garnetandgold.com, you can enter code NOSLAW, N-O-S-L-A-W, not only to get your Nike stuff for the upcoming season. The season's a month away, Richie. It's the 24th, like 30, yes. what, 34 days right now. So we are very, very close, five weeks from yesterday. Um Go to garnetandgold.com, get your stuff. Even if you live in Tallahassee, you can shop online. You can use the code and save 15% off of your order. The Nike stuff is coming in, so I know you guys want to shop and get that stuff. You can also get all your tailgate stuff, whether it's tables, chairs, cups, memorabilia, whatever you need for your tailgates this year. Excited to get out to Doak. Taking my daughter to the Duquesne game, start the season, and that certainly will shop by, stop by Garnet and Gold, and she'll get a kick out of seeing all the FSU stuff in one place. Uh, took her by Osceola and Renegade yesterday, and you know she thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So um, excited to get back up there with her. But uh, yeah, GardenGold.com code no slot N O S L A W fifteen percent off your order. Nike stuff's not cheap. You can save some money with the code, um, but if you order seventy five dollars or more, it's free shipping. So would encourage you to spend a little bit more. You're saving money with the code and save on some shipping. If you're at like sixty five dollars. Buy something that's ten bucks and get free shipping. The shipping's gonna be five bucks anyway, so you you know you kind of be dumb not to buy it. So, anyway, all right, um, we've got some awards to hand out. Am I missing anything? I think that's about it, right? Before we get out of here, um, yeah, we we didn't want to do like a deep deep dive into fall camp preview because every other podcast is doing that, guys. It, it, we're not listen. By the time we record next Sunday, we'll have actual substance to talk about from fall camp, and that's what we're here for. We're, we're here to give you guys the substance and nothing else. So we're not going to just talk about random stuff oh aj duffy versus uh tate roadmaker we'll have plenty next week but yeah we, we had some pretty special awards coming up here second annual tj yeah so if you don't remember last year's awards i don't have them in front of me so i can't tell you guys who won what or what happened but oh here's a good one over under jordan travis six and a half games with over 270 passing yards under <sighs> that's a tough one for me let me think on it real quick and let me look at last year's stats but i i would I would take the over 300 total yards in six and a half games. Yeah. So when I look at the, yeah, I think he only went over 270 yards one time last year. So I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm going under there. He did against Miami. He didn't do it another time. Even when we were successful. <laughs> Miami. Sorry. Yeah. When he passed well, like, I just think we're going to run the ball pretty hard. So yeah, I'd take the under there, but that's, I don't think that's a, um, what you do you know. think about 300 total yards, six and a half games? I'll go over on that because yeah, I think, I think you so know, too. 250 and 50 or 240 yeah. and 60. I think that's, I and think sacks that's, don't count against, or no, sacks yeah, against they do rushing. against the rushing yards. Yeah, but so if I, you took him out, but he doesn't take a ton. So that's true. Yeah. No, I like the over there. Um, okay. Yeah. Some more words to give out. Um, I'm just going to run through these. I'm not going to go crazy with them. I will pull up the nominees though. So we can um, spread some love to, to kind of everybody, even if they, one didn't win, you know, kind of whatever. But let me get back to the nominees. We did these last year. They were a ton of fun. It's also really, really cool, uh, kind of a neat way to remember the past season as we move on. So individual performance of the year. Richie, we can go through these and we can talk about them real quick. Um, 
Individual performance of the year was Christina Roque in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, she was fantastic. She was really, really good in that penalty shootout. Uh, Jermaine Johnson uh, against Miami. Uh, we all kind of know what he did there. Uh, Lena Chacon and Meg, um, Fitzpatrick against USC in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, we talked about that a little bit with Brooke Niles on. They were absolutely fantastic. Beat a team twice that hadn't lost all year, even though the Florida State fell to UC, USC in the national championship. And then Trey Cunningham winning a couple of national championships. Um, on this one, I, I kind of wanted Trey to win, but everybody ended up voting for Jermaine Johnson and what he did in that one game. I think football, you know, kind of gets a lot of love. People don't watch as much, but yeah, I think, uh, it's not super shocking that Jermaine wins there. Right. Yeah. And you said that was performance of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he set a record for most tackles for loss in the Florida state Miami rivalry, regardless of team, regardless of year, going back to the start of the rivalry football's King. Right. And you know, Trey had a phenomenal year in any other year he wins this, but Jermaine Johnson, if he had not cemented himself as a seminal legend before that game, he certainly did by the end of it. Florida state does not win that game without Jermaine Johnson. And that was one of the biggest Florida State wins probably since 2016 against Michigan. So I, I have no qualms with that. That is a great pick. Yeah, Trey's going to get some love a little bit later as we continue to go on. So team of the year, this was probably the easiest one. Easiest, we, did yeah, a, we did a Twitter fan vote, and uh, this won by the most and, and, and wasn't even really close to anything else. Uh, men's track and field, beach volleyball, women's golf all had really, really good years. They all finished in the top five. Um, men's track at four. I think golf may have been sixth. So they may have been just outside the top five. But, uh, yeah, soccer winning a national championship was a pretty easy one there. I think we can um, kind of move on and, and go right to yeah. the next one. This one was an interesting one. Um, not to not to just shuffle over soccer, but in the sake of time and not trying to bore you guys too much, you know, soccer won a national championship. They're, they're easily the team of the year. <laughs> Would have been crazy if, if somebody else won one. We, we might have had a split. <laughs> but, um, okay, this was an interesting one. I thought that there was potential for some other stuff to kind of – have some love here, but again, people love football, and that's what gets the most eyes and attention. But uh, play of the year, you had fourth and 14 in football. You had Cleveland's buzzer beater against Virginia. Max home run to win the ACC um, championship game, um, softball. And then Yuji Zhao's uh, penalty kick to win the national championship. That one actually did well. It came in second, so pretty impressive there. Um, again, a kick to win the national championship. If she misses, we don't necessarily lose, but – Pretty big, but fourth and 14, the overwhelming favorite there, and, and won that one pretty easily. You voted for Cleveland, didn't you? But or did you vote for fourth and 14? Yeah. No, I voted for Cleveland because I, I knew uh, the Florida State Man game would get some love with Jermaine Johnson, performance of the year, etc. Uh, that Matthew Cleveland shot was ridiculous. Like, uh, he caught, turned, and released in less than a second to all that. Yeah, and uh, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm the you know, basketball homer of, I'd like to think next to VZ. I don't think there's an ever, another Florida state basketball fan as big as me on the FSU Twitter timeline. So I voted for Cleveland, but I have no issue at all because for the 14, and this is no shot at the guy, but Andrew Parchment will go down in Florida state history for that play 20 years from now. We will still know who Andrew Parchment is without that play. He's a forgotten soul. So I think that alone tells you all you need to know. Yeah, I didn't talk about this, but the fan vote on Twitter, we put this out and each of these got hundreds of votes. The fan vote counted for 20 percent. And so most of the fan vote ended up going with what ours was. There's a couple okay. that we kind of overrode the fans and 
the double fries, no sauce staff ended up winning it. But um, as my kid just totally wiped out <laughs> in the other room, I'm sure you guys can hear that and hear him screaming. But I can hear you. <laughs> it clearly wasn't my time to watch him right now. So is what it is. Game of the year. We'll kind of fly through this. Um, FSU Miami won that one yeah. in uh, the football game. This is a tough one for me because I thought there were other games that were really, really big. FSU Clemson in the ACC championship game, softball, FSU versus Duke, FSU versus UCLA in, in beach volleyball. Um, but at the end of the day, the FSU Miami stuff is going to get the most love. And so that's what ended up happening there. Um, female athlete of the year. This one was close and really could have gone a couple of different ways. And I, this was a really tough one because we had some just phenomenal female athletes. But I think when you have a fan favorite and you have somebody that caps off their career with just a fantastic year, um, Sydney Sherrill becoming the all-time leader in doubles, not only at Florida State, but also in the ACC, and um, just doing some really spectacular things on the field, three-time defensive player of the year. She wins female athlete of the year. I do want to give a special shout-out to Petra Huell, um, who was is, is maybe the best female tennis player that's ever played at Florida State. Um, finished with the most wins all time, highest ranked um, at the end of the year uh, of anyone, you know, got, got up to like the number three ranking in, in all of, you know, college tennis. And um, she was fantastic. Jalen Howell was really, really good. She won um, their um, She was up for an SB. Yeah. Yeah. She, she won their player of the year as well. Beatrice Wallin was fantastic as well. That's a loaded class right there. The, the, the female athlete of the year was really, really tough. Um, but Sydney ends up winning the fan vote. She always also ends up winning uh, just enough votes to uh, get her across the line. Petra was close um, in our, our fan on our vote uh, here, but uh, Sydney does Sydney does it and uh, walks away with another award there. And then I'll do mail. And then if you have any comments on these two, um, Jermaine Johnson won the fan vote, but the double fries, no slot team, more of us voted for Trey and the percentage was a little bit higher. So Trey Cunningham wins male athlete of the year, which I think is fair. Like Jermaine wins yeah. the performance with his one time showing it. Um, Trey probably should have won the performance too, if you ask me, but um, Trey ends up winning male athlete of the year, which I think that's, that's the way to go. Anytime you have somebody win two national championships um, and really put it together for a full season, not that Jermaine didn't Jermaine certainly, you know, ended up going number one uh, in our, you know, first round, but uh Trey Cunningham and Sydney Sherrill take home athletes of the year. Any any thoughts or qualms there? Yeah, Jermaine, if you had come on the podcast, you might have won because all the uh, winners that were our podcast <laughs> alum. But seriously, um, really obviously, obviously, uh, our main you know listenership is football related, right? So we get that. And again, Jermaine Johnson made himself a Florida State legend in one year and really in one game against Miami. But but Trey did. If you followed him all year long it was a no brainer, right? It'd be like Jermaine Johnson being consensus first team, all American, like top three pick in the draft because Trey Cunningham, his first pro meet finished second in the world in the, uh, uh, 110 meters hurdles. So yeah, like Trey truly deserved it. And I'm glad he did win it. No slight at Jermaine at all. I, I cannot wait to watch him in New York and see what he does for the jets, but this was Trey's award and Sydney Sherrill, what else can you say? Like it, call it a career award if you want, but it wasn't because she was phenomenal all season long as well. Uh, the fact that she's a friend of the pod eh, helps a little bit too. No doubt about it. Another friend of the pod. This was an interesting one where the fan vote also lost. Um, Jaime Ferrer um, had about a million people retweeting and sharing his stuff and he won the fan vote. So he, he gets that. 
<laughs> small, you know, part of the awards, slight award. Uh, and then I think Harlan took him as well. And so he, you know, he, he finished with a pretty strong yeah. showing, but Michaela Edenfield beats him out for the final award. Um, though Jaime gets the, uh, the fan vote. Michaela was fantastic this year. One of the best freshmen in any sport across the country. Uh, Cleveland was in there as well. Emory Dukes from volleyball was in there as well. Could have been a couple more people in that uh, category, but I don't think that uh, it's any shock that Michaela ended up winning there. And then upset of the year. So I'll, I'll do these two and then, and then get your thoughts if you have anything. This one could have had about eight different things in it. Florida State beat Florida earlier in the year in, in a volleyball match that honored the life of Brianna Berry, a former player, a top five player ever at FSU. Uh, according to most, um, that was absolutely fantastic. I, I should have just, probably. Yeah, volleyball just doesn't get the love. Um, FSU beat number 10 Duke in women's tennis in, in a matchup where Florida State literally didn't have two two courts. So, like, you played a, you played a four, and they started out 0-2, um, and they still found a way to win that. And so that was, to me, one of the most impressive things I've – ever seen and then fsu's men's tennis team went on and, and took on uga um as a heavy heavy underdog in the ncaa tournament on the road and won there um all three of those are really really impressive and i really you know i, I voted for the fsu uf volleyball um but i understand that when a team is an 18 point favorite goes on the road to beat unc that's a huge huge win um, UNC, I, I didn't vote for this because UNC ended up not being as good as I think we thought they were back then. Florida State ended up being not as bad, right, as they were when, when they ended up winning that. But uh, FSU, UNC ended up taking this by a pretty wide margin. The fan vote got it, and then most of the guys in our chat took that as well. But uh, FSU over UNC and Michaela Edenfield, anything crazy there? If not, I'll do the last two. And No, nah, I think that's, keep it that's all accurate. Um, all right. Podcast moment. This was a tough one just because there was so much kind of going on. But the Atkins cigar saying that he was waiting on the NIL deals before naming yeah. a favorite. That was absolutely hilarious and probably the funniest moment. Ryan Kelly saying that he liked coleslaw when we did the panel last year was pretty funny. The, the swimming guys saying that they put coleslaw on pizza. That was ridiculous. And then it, this wasn't funny, but just Norvell being on the show was kind of a cool moment. I was split between Norvell and the Atkins thing. Um, it's kind of crazy to think we've had both of them on in the last couple of months. That's, you know, <laughs> really ridiculous. But, uh, you know, shout out the substance guys. Um, but I, you know, I probably leaned a little more Norvell because that was really cool. But the Atkins cigar thing was hilarious and that ended up winning. Um, so maybe we'll send him some cigars for winning there. Um, this was the last one that did not win the the fan vote didn't go this way. Jalen Ramsey wins pro null of the year. I don't think so. OK, we don't have to argue about this. Scotty Barnes ended up winning just based on, you know, the team vote uh, here at Del Fresno saw. But Jalen wins the fan vote. Scotty won. A bigger award, but to me, like Jalen was actually better. Like to me, like Jalen was like the best cornerback in the league, and Scotty was just like the best rookie in the league, right? Like Scotty wasn't like Jalen was a top five player. I don't know that Scotty was a top five player in the NBA, but he did win a bigger award because there's only one rookie of the year and there's several all pros. So like I get it. Scotty also a new kid on the block. Jalen's been doing what his thing for a while. I actually thought Jalen was the was the pro of the year. I don't have a problem with Scotty winning it. Um, I, I think I tipped the balance of the scale on this one. Uh, yeah, I, I think I tipped the balance of the scale because it was pretty even. And, and obviously, I'm going to give it to, to the Florida State basketball player that shares the same last name as me. Um, I agree with you, though. Like, Jalen, if we're talking just 
who had the best season of any pro that played at Florida State? It was Jalen Ramsey, right? But I do think it, Scotty being a rookie, you know, winning an award, nobody thought he really had a chance with after he got drafted. And I, I think Toronto's very happy that they um, ended up with him and not Jalen Suggs. And as a Magic fan, I'm a big Jalen Suggs fan. But man, Scotty Barnes showed he could do it all at the NBA level. Very excited for him. Happy that we can give him this. I'm going to have to DM him and hope we can do something here and get him on the podcast to accept this award. Uh, one of my favorite players of all time at Florida State, right up the where the, you know, Tim Pickett, Al Thornton, uh, Michael Snare, a lot of these guys. Um, love that for Scotty, but I, I definitely do agree. Jalen had the best season of any pro that attended Florida State. Yeah. Um, some quick news and notes. So those are fun to do. Those are, you know, kind of silly, kind of fun, but those are, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of keep doing them year after year. They're a, they're a good way to put a bow on last season and look into the new year. Um, quick update. We are going to be in Tampa for the Tampa Seminole Club pub crawl. It happens every year. Um, actually, it didn't happen in 2020 because of COVID, but it happens every year downtown in Ebor. We have a code for you. If you go buy tickets through them, it's double fries 10 and you get 10% off of your uh, purchase go get tickets to the tampa pub crawl we will be doing a show live at carmines so come check us yes. out more details on that to come check out social media for the updates there a couple other kind of just news and notes things shout out to my guy mike ferguson who does a fantastic job uh, with our daily content um four players on florida state's team were named to preseason watch lists i don't think you can read so much into these because everybody and their brother gets named to them but they are kind of cool honors for the kids jordan travis to the maxwell for Nation's top quarterback, Treshawn Ward, named to the Dope Walker, uh, tight end Cameron McDonald to the John Mackey, obviously the best tight end. And Gibbons um, was nominated for the All-State AFCA Good Works team, which recognizes charitable efforts off the field. Um, we had Greedy Vance on the show to talk about um, Jordan, Travis, and Dylan Gibbons leading the charge to help rebuild the Louisiana home of teammate Greedy Vance's family. So go check that out. It is here on our YouTube. You can link to it and check it out there. We also picked up a commitment from Keyshawn Mashborn, um, unranked 2024 defensive tackle. He's a defensive lineman right now um, that I would expect to kind of rise, but local product and Florida State was able to secure his commitment yesterday as well. Um, tickets to the tailgate are on sale. If you're coming out to New Orleans, go check those out for sure. It's rollupnetwork.com. Go to merchandise and they're right there. Um, you can also join by being a Roll Up Network Patreon at the $15 above or above level. Richie, I'm out of breath right now. I need another drink. Um, you have any shout outs before we get out of here? I know we kind of flew through this, but I appreciate it for sure. No, definitely. Um, excited. Shout out everybody that's hit me up for the uh, tailgate tickets. Uh, a lot of people have been asking, saying, how do we get there? Um, doesn't seem like anybody else is really throwing anything. At least if they are, they're really slacking. We have everything planned. Guys, we have shade, we have private bathrooms, all you can eat, all you can drink. Just a few blocks from the little Caesars Dome or whatever they're calling it these days. I can't wait. My wife's super excited. Uh, my friends, I'm bringing, you know, I'm staying with uh, four others and know at least probably 20 plus others going to make the trip. I can't wait. It's going to be a blast uh, in the Big Easy getting ready for LSU a week after Duquesne. TJ, shout out to you driving to Tallahassee and back. And then you're driving to LSU the next week. I'm not, man. I, I'm taking a plane. I, I cannot be in a car for that long. Uh, I'm super excited to see everybody. I have people I haven't seen since I was in college 
reaching out saying they cannot wait to come to the tailgate. It's going to be a blast. Um, let's handle Duquesne. And then the real season starts with uh, LSU New Orleans. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Uh, Shane here in the comments asked buy or sell Jamie Robinson's comments at media days, the ones about the LSU game. Yeah. So basically Jamie alluded to, you know, we're going to win that game, right? Like, you know, to, to just kind of put it bluntly. Uh, I like it. I mean, Florida State's a three-point dog in that game. You know, I also see San Antonio Noel Lee um, asking about, you know, who thinks we can get to 10 wins or not. Um, I think nine's probably where I would have the absolute ceiling, but we do have a season prediction show coming up soon. And so we will kind of go game by game and give you our thoughts as, as the season goes on. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like Jamie's comments. I mean, I like the confidence. I like that he also mentioned, hey, we're focused on Duquesne, but, you know, we kind of know what that game is. And once that game is done, we're, we're ready to get after it in New Orleans because I know there's a lot of focus around that. And so I, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm buying that. You know, I, I don't know. I'm probably going to go full homer and pick us to beat LSU. So just, just to kind of let you know. But, uh, yeah. Is, I, is that homer, though? Yeah, I mean, if you were really asking me to be honest, I think LSU wins that game. But, you know, I, I don't think picking a three-point underdog is, is like, outrageous. By no. And – for all of you, if you think TJ and I are big homers, which I don't know, I wouldn't argue with you, at least on my end, we're going to bring on a, uh, a very, uh, very, you know, non-biased Vegas guy who only bets with his wallet. He'll be on in the next few weeks. Uh, shout out my buddy Colby Damp with the college football experience and the sports gambling podcast network. We're going to bring him on and he'll give you an outsider's view. And again, he doesn't, like florida state he doesn't hate florida state he doesn't like your any hate anybody all he likes is making money so hopefully we can help you all out there a little bit in the next few weeks let's get after it well hey if you watch if you listen hit that thumbs up hit that like button if you're on your mobile you have to swipe down in the chat and you hit that like button right next to it is the subscribe button if you're watching this on replay or you listen to us hit that subscribe button you can also enable notifications that way you don't miss an episode or anytime we drop content here we'll have a couple of videos coming out over the next couple of days um, I am out of town, so I can't promise how much, but we will certainly have some content coming out. Uh, Richie, I appreciate you for hanging out today. If you guys need anything, you can hit us up on social media. It's Double Fries, No Slaw, Double Fries Pod everywhere. We will be back on Sunday with uh, some camp news. We'll talk about some camp stuff. Thank you guys for hanging out. Until next time, go Knowles. Go Knowles.